Hi everyone, welcome to the world. God damn it! Hi, the world of weird. Shut up. Hi everyone, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. I'm your host Dean. I have a couple of people with me here today. Wow, oh, sorry. Mm, um, it's a couple of bitches. <laughs> okay, not I, just people. I didn't say Come it. On. I'm Dean. I'm Aaron. I'm Carrie. Today, Carrie is going to entertain us, but I hear it, it's a little dark. So maybe it's not entertaining. Do you hear that? I've been hearing actually about seven seconds ago. I heard that this episode might be a little bit on the dark side. It is a mystery. Okay. It's called the mystery of room ten forty six. Ooh, mystery of room ten forty six. I'm intrigued. Yeah, that should be. Love a good number. Room Who does mystery? Well. We're going back to 1935. 19- oh, oh my God. I got to start a timeline. Before any of us even existed. Love a good be, timeline. Before Speak my for mother existed. Oh, I doubt that. Shit. You doubt that. <laughs> She's been lying this whole time about her she age. Has. She's 104. <laughs> she is. January 2nd, 1935 to be exact. A well-dressed young man. I have a question. What? We're st- now going to start getting into writing dates where... Is it 19 or 20? Yeah. What are we going to do? At work, I have to date everything 2020. Yeah. As soon as the new year started, my boss was yelling at everyone, you have to date everything 2020, which before we only dated everything 19, but now we have to date everything by 2020. Yeah. Usually when you have to do a year, it gives you four digits. No, I'm talking like writing things down. Like I just wrote down one, two, thirty-five. In a short, in 15 years, I won't know what I meant by that. That's Mm -hmm. correct. Problem. Yeah, so, so I have to write it wrong. Yeah, I screwed up. My bad. All right. Well, I, I think they're going <laughs> to assume everything that it just says the last two digits is going to be 19. Really? Well, I mean, uh, okay. <laughs> well, that, that story just crumbled immediately. Yeah, it crumbled immediately. Okay. Well, what did they do? I'll from check the back. 1800s to the 1900s. I don't know. This is called a tangent. Yeah. Yes, it is. That my, you my bad. started. It's all it, your fault. It is my fault. I'm just curious. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Oh, and you also, you're supposed to write 2020, not 20 on, on checks or something like that? Sorry. Back to Probably. the tangent. Because yeah. you can put in. Because on everything. It, no, but like. Never mind. That is a thing. That's that's caused problems already. I'm not done. Really somebody somebody thought one. that check was from no, but you, a forger can write 2018 or 2019 or something like that or 2021, and I don't know, do bad things. I don't know what the bad things are, but I know bad things can happen. <laughs> I read an article. Actually, I read more of the headline and maybe the first part of it, but it's not as scary. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Dean. Wait, so I have anyway. one more year tangent. I'm kidding. Go ahead. We are in Kansas City, Missouri. This well-dressed young man went into the Hotel President. Hotel Presidente. And checked in. Doesn't that, that would sound a lot better in a Spanish-speaking country. It'd be the Hotel yeah. Presidente. Here is the Hotel President, and it just sounds dumb. Okie dokes. Here's what he looked like. Okay. <laughs> I acknowledge that. your opinion. <laughs> Okie dokie, do. <laughs> Moving on. Going to ignore it. Dark brown hair. Dark brown Ooh. hair. Left cauliflower ear. Are you sketching, Dean? Uh, I'm not sketching. I'm Start writing sketching. down. Cauliflower ear. And a scar from his ear to his scalp. Ooh. Ooh. Interesting, huh? Yeah. What he sounds like he may have been some kind of Frankenstein's monster. Or he well, fell down. Is that what we're doing here? Oh, nice. Is this a Fra- is this the modern Frankenstein? It could just he could have hit a branch in his childhood. I feel bad. Now. He didn't have any luggage. 
But he's very specific about what kind of room he wanted. It needed to be on a high floor, and it had to be an interior-facing room. And lots of lotion and Kleenex. Yep, California King soundproof. Thank you. <laughs> That's all I want. Mm-hmm. Courtyard-facing, Courtyard street facing. facing. I need eight keys. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> he was only going to stay for one night. I want to do that now. Yeah. I want to go to a hotel and just have weird <laughs> demands. Weird request. Is two enough now? I only need 11. Yeah, see, see what they, they go see with. See what happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, he's only staying one night. One night. Okay. Wait, wait. was Courtyard and what else? On a high floor. High floor. There was a chicken at my best Western. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to happen in Northern California. Yeah, that just happens. Moving on. Was it for fresh eggs? No, but apparently it was not supposed to be uh, out from behind the counter. Oh, Oh. well. Yeah. I mean, as long as the chicken is behind the counter. (laughs) Yeah, the chicken is allowed behind the counter, but it was not supposed to be up front. You see that a lot at all the good hotels. Mm, At all the good hotels. But the good hotels keep them behind the counter. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyway, when he registered, he said he was from Los Angeles. Los Angeles. And he signed his name, Roland T. Owen. Roland T. Owen. On the way up to his room, he told the bellboy, whose name was Randolph Propst, that he was staying at a different hotel the night before, Hmm. the Mulebach Hotel. Sure, sure. One of the best hotels in Kansas City. But he decided to switch hotels because he thought it was overpriced. Oh, well, yeah, he didn't like it. It's kind of the mule box reputation. So when they got to his room, up to his room, 1046, the bellboy, Randolph Propst, maybe we'll call him Randy. Randy. Yeah, I like that Randy. He's, you know, he noticed that Owen didn't have any luggage, but out of his pockets, he took a comb, a hairbrush, and a tube of toothpaste. That's all you need. From his Mm -hmm. coat pocket, and he put them on the counter in the bathroom. So he was all checked in. So he and the so the bellboy was going to leave the room. Well, Owen left with him, and left the hotel. Really? Yeah. He so, went, so he just dropped off his few comb and things. toothbrush and nice. took off, and then left. Okay, yes. I'll be leaving now, sir. I'll come with you. Mm-hmm. And that was what are you doing point. now? Can we hang out? Hey. That was like midday, like one thirty or something in the afternoon. Later on that afternoon, the maid Mary went by to clean the room. Mm-hmm. The door was locked, so she knocked like she would normally do. Well, Owen was back in the room by this time. He answered, and she said, oh, you're here. You know, I can come back later. And he said, no, 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 no. You know, come on in. Do your job. And she noticed that he had closed the curtains, and there was only a little lamp, like a lamp with a pretty low bulb in it, so it was pretty dark. And that was the only light in the room. And when she was done and leaving, he asked her not to lock the door because he was expecting a friend. And this is late afternoon, kind of? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. He went into the bathroom and was brushing his hair while she was in there. Naked. Mm -hmm. And, oh, I guess before she left, he was leaving. Jesus, he just leaves whenever someone comes in to attend to the room. On his way out, he reminded her, please don't lock the door because I have a friend coming. She thought... He seemed anxious, maybe scared, you know, a little bit on edge. She finished what she needed to do, and then when she left, she left the door unlocked like he asked her to. Then a few hours after that, Maid Mary came back to bring fresh towels. And a few the door- hours, you said, right? Uh-huh. Okay. 
So by now it's evening time. Okay. The door is still unlocked. So she goes in and Owen is back in the room by this time, lying on the bed, fully clothed. She sets down the towels. And when she does that, she sees a note on the table that says, Don, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Wait. So the note says, Don, I'll be back in 15 minutes. Please wait. So it's presumably from Roland to someone named Don. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And he's there in the room, like I said, lying on the bed. Yeah. Huh. So where's he going for 15 minutes? Who's you? Oh, yeah. I right. don't know. I don't know, but he was there. At yeah, this point, I know. So so he did. He did go somewhere from earlier. Yeah, you know, whatever. I guess it could be for ice or something like that. But he did go somewhere yeah. twice, though. But at least the second time, very short time, mm-hmm. and he planned on it being a very short time. Hmm. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Okay. So that was the first day, the day he checked in. The next day, it's January third. Maid Mary goes up to room ten forty six to do her, you know, daily cleaning, make the beds, that kind of thing. This time, the door was locked. And so she used her pass key. The only time her pass key would work is if somebody locked the door from the outside. So because oh. she could use her pass key, it means to her he's not there. Mm-hmm. So when she opens the door and goes in, she's very surprised to see that he is there. So that tells us that the door was locked on the outside. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. That's intriguing because it indicates he did not lock it and someone else had a key. That's right. Okay. According to Mary the maid. According to Mary, okay. So she opened the door, was surprised to see him in there. He was sitting in a chair, still, curtains drawn, only the little dim light on. Mm. So it's, you know, kind of dark. So she goes about her cleaning business, and the phone rings. He answers it, and she hears him say, No, Don, I don't want to eat. I'm not hungry. I just had breakfast. And then... Don says something she can't hear, and then he says again, "No, I'm not. I'm not hungry." He hangs up, and Come then on, they have cronuts. Just <laughs> one. <laughs> he hangs up and then starts talking to Mary, asking her all kinds of questions about her job, what she does, what about you know questions about the hotel, wanting to know if it was also residential, like if some people I guess live there all the time. I think breakfast is code word for a ton of drugs. <laughs> He's acting funny. He's acting funny. He tells her about the Mule Bach Hotel's overpriced rooms. And tells how everybody he left. about that. Yeah. Huh? Tells everyone about that. He's got Mule a bone Bach. to pick. He does. <laughs> yes, He's he just does. bad mouth. He's yelping. This is 1950s oh, yeah. yelping. Or 30s yelping. He just would have been a yelper. Tell everyone. God damn it, this overpriced at the Mule Walk. Well, so Mary just finishes cleaning the room and then leaves. And, and by the way, does a continental breakfast mean bad coffee and toast? I don't think so. But um, Go ahead, sorry. When she leaves, she realizes that because she was able to enter with her passkey earlier, that that meant that someone had locked him in the room. Yeah. So does that... Or at least, well, he, he could have gotten out, obviously, but it means he gave his key to someone. But that's my question. What? If she realized, oh, somebody locked him in the room, does that mean he couldn't? Yeah, of course. I'm sure out? he could get out. I mean, presumably he had. Yeah. It's 1935. I don't know how, how locks work, but yeah, but in old timey locks, you literally had to have the key. And I just—that seems odd. That's why you know, lots of times in like old movies and stuff, the the key is in the door. Yeah. You know what I mean? But on the inside, not yeah. the outside. Yeah. 
on the inside. It seems different. It seems meaning like you good. need. So if it's locked, you need the key, whether mm. you're on the inside or the outside. Well, that's not good. What if you lose your key on the inside? I think I don't Rip. know. Yeah, well, you have you starve to death. leg There's muscles. You, you that have, shit down. Yeah. They had phones in 1935. Well, really? What if the phone wasn't working? You starved to death. This is not a good solution. <laughs> I feel like you can get outside. I'm mm-hmm. assuming since Mary had that thought mm-hmm. that it meant that he could have been locked in the room. Yeah. Anyhow, then just as she had done the, the day before, hours later, she brings fresh towels to his room. Lots of towels. He's going through, a guy's going through a lot of towels with no luggage. Yeah, what the fuck? How many showers has he taken to put on his old dirty clothes? Come on. Well, as she gets close to the room, she can hear voices inside. So he's not alone this time. Okay. And she knocks on the door, and she hears talking, and she hears a voice, not Owen's. It's a different male voice, and it's kind of rough, asking who who's knocking. She says she's the maid. She's bringing fresh towels, and the rough voice says they don't need any. Hmm. And so she leaves. She knows, though, that there are no towels in the room. Really? Because when she cleaned up, she took all the dirty stuff away. And I guess she didn't, she was coming back with fresh towels. She hadn't left fresh towels there when she was there earlier. So she knew they needed towels. Yeah. (laughs) She's a good maid. Even though they said, the rough voice said they did. We don't need towels. Well, yes, you do. Um, I'm coming in with towels. Matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Coincidentally, that afternoon, a new person checked into the hotel by the name of Gene Owen. Gene Owen. Same last name, not related. As far as we know. Well, Jean was a 30-year-old woman. She lived in a place called Lee's Summit, but she came to Kansas City to meet with her boyfriend and go shopping. But she started to feel sick while she was there and decided that she better spend the night. That's why she was checking into the hotel president Mm -hmm. rather than drive back home. I'm guessing Lee's Lee's Summit Summit must be Is it in Kansas? I'm assuming. Or no, Missouri. 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 So she registered... And they put her in room 1048 <laughs> next door to Roland T. Owen's room. Mm, mm, so mm. later that night... She's going to hear some crazy shit. She does. She says she could hear a few female and male voices hmm. having a loud conversation with lots of cursing. And plural female, plural male. Mm-hmm. And I take it Jean did not like the cursing, Mm-mm. she thought about calling down to the front desk and complaining, but she never did. I would have. I don't appreciate cursing mm-hmm. at all. She knew I it was from a nearby room. I despise it. Maybe next door, maybe not. Maybe next door. What now? She knew that the voices were coming from a nearby room, oh. but I don't think she was 100% sure that it was next door. A, good use of a Rachelism. <laughs> B, how you, how could you not? I've been playing hotels. I've always known whether it's next door or three doors down. That makes no yeah. sense. Three doors down, not the bad band, but the yeah. the distance yes. that she it had to have been next door. Yeah, hundred percent sure means hundred percent sure. Just in Carrie, case anybody they didn't get it. Don't patronize our viewers. <laughs> they know that our listeners. I'm trying to find Lee's summit, but I can't find my map thing. Where the fuck is my map thing? Oh, I found it. Never mind. Go ahead. No, hang on. I gotta respond to a text Do you, message. Carrie? Do you? Lee Summit, important. Missouri. Okay. Now let's see how far Missouri. it is. Missouri. Missouri. Let's see how far it is from Kansas City. Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. 
Did you find it? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay Lee's summit is 20 miles away. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I don't know about Jean's story. I was so exhausted, well, honey, that I just had to get tired. a hotel. She was sick. Maybe back then. What if you're going to vomit or have diarrhea? You don't want to get a car. The roads were different. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. A 20 mile. 25 minutes today. That yeah, was, that was two in hours. In 1935, back then. it should have been an hour or more. <laughs> it wasn't 1835. This is 1935. She had a car. Lee's summit sounds rural. It. Still 20 miles away, <laughs> no matter what kind I of know. The surrounding countryside. Yeah, but if it's dirt roads and stuff. Okay. She had to go to the big city to go shopping, Dean. I think you're being patronizing towards I'm people not. from the Midwest, and I find it offensive. You're yes. insinuating something about Jean Owen that is probably not founded. I think she was slutting it up. <gasps> didn't say her boyfriend didn't check in with her. He, clearly he did not. We didn't know about that. We would hear the story. <laughs> oh, and by the way. Anyhow, there was an elevator operator on duty that night when Jean Owen heard all the kerfuffle. His name was Charles Blocker, and he had the night shift. He saw some things that night. Mm. A woman who I th- believe he called her a commercial lady. I think we know what we're talking about mm-hmm. there. A com- that's a great euphemism, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, for a while, I was a commercial lady. Well, you mean you sprayed up perfume on people at a mall? Not exactly. Well, he'd seen her around many times before, so mm-hmm. he knew. That's why he knew her to be a commercial lady. She got in the elevator and asked to be taken to the 10th floor, Hmm. and she told him she was going to room 1026. Oh, well. Very soon, though, later, she was back in the elevator and said it was weird that nobody answered when she knocked on room 1026, so it must have been the wrong room. Hmm. She went to the lobby, and a little while later, she was back in the elevator going up to the 9th floor with a different man, Oh, with a man. So she had a lobby pickup. I was supposed to be here for something, but you'll, you'll do. You got cash? Yep. And so around... Four Not f- that I have any idea how those kind of transactions <laughs> sure. occur. I'm assuming it's something like that. Around 4 or 15 in the morning. Well, ever since they shut down back pages, it's how they got to do it. Got to go yeah. to lobbies and hang out and wait. Mm-hmm. You look horny, sir. You done? Yeah. Okay. Around 4 or 15 <laughs> in the morning, she left the hotel. Wow. That can't have been cheap. Well, and then about 15 minutes after that, the man that she had gone up with was leaving the hotel, said he couldn't sleep, and he was going for a walk. Hmm. Charles Blocker also said there was a room in the hotel having a party Mm -hmm. that night, and it was noisy. So that's possibly what Gene Owen was hearing and not that. Not Roland's Not room. Door, so yeah. Roland could have been alone. But theoretically, so I still feel like you know if that party is next yeah, year or not. Usually, yeah. I don't see how you could know that. Yeah. I don't know. Next day was January 4th. Mm-hmm. And a, tele- one, uh, a telephone operator in the hotel, Della Ferguson. Mm. Della. Somebody needs to bring that name back. I'm not so sure they Start do. Start naming their little girls Della. Okay, you do that. Seven o'clock, it's seven o'clock in the morning. She notices on her switchboard that the telephone in room 1046 is off the hook. And, you know, she can plug into it and notice that nobody's talking on it. It's just off the hook. So that was that, did that mean the same thing then that it does now? 
I don't think I think it was more literal than yeah. to say something's off the hook. It's not like a Guy Fieri kind of a thing, where that that recipe is off the it's hook. Off the hook. <laughs> it's, it's it's different then, right? It's I'm I'm like, asking, asking for a friend. Of course, you weirdo. Uh, okay, got it. <laughs> Isn't that funny how they could literally when they say tap? I mean, they they plugged something in that they can now hear that conversation. A, a physical thing was plugged in to a switchboard. Yep. So weird. Are you insinuating that young people these days don't understand what a phone off the hook means? I am not. I was making a lame joke, oh. and you have taken it way too far and <laughs> took it very seriously when you were never intending to. I thought maybe you, you were really okay. thinking that. No. Well, anyway, she waited about three hours before doing something about it. She sent the bellboy, the Randy Probst guy mm-hmm. that checked him in, up to tell him to hang up his phone. Okay. When he got up there... He noticed there was a do not disturb sign hanging from the doorknob. Hmm. However, he decided to disturb anyway. He wow. knocked on the door. Go off, Randy. Yeah. But nobody answered. He knocked again, and he heard a voice saying, come in. Huh. But he couldn't because the door was locked. Okay. So he knocked again, and he heard the voice from inside told, telling him to turn on the lights. Weird. So he's out of it. He's out. I'm not in your room. I can't turn on your lights. He kept Mm -hmm. trying to knock on the door and started, you know, kind of like yelling, hang up your phone because he figured they're not going to come let me in. So he yelled at him from outside the room to hang up the phone and then just left. Nobody responded and he left. He went back and told Della what happened and he was just assuming that Owen was in there drunk. Yeah, drunk or out of it. Yeah. yeah. So good. Yep. Hour and a half later, phone's still off the hook. Do you have any idea what time it is now? Is it still morning? Okay. She first notices seven. Okay. She so sent Randy up there at three yeah. hours later. That'd be ten. Three hours later. Okay. So this makes it about eleven thirty. Okay. So she sends a different bellboy. This guy's name is Harold Pike. She sends him up there to see if he can get into the room to hang up the phone. Della is really concerned about this phone being yeah, off the hook. Apparently. I don't blame her. So, it's her job, Carrie. Yeah. Well, this time, Harold Pike uses his pass key oh. to get in the room. But I thought that only worked if it was not locked on the outside. Maybe he has a special key. Okay. So he goes in and he sees Owen lying naked on the bed. Whoa. It's still kind of dark in the room. And he says he notices there were dark shadows on the sheet around Owen. Not sure what that means exactly. Shadows. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Does it mean the people room's dark in the bed? No. no. It, it means blotches, I, I think. Oh. Yeah, that's what Spots, it seems like Spots, stains, me. something like that. Or hmm. like ruffled covers or something? Stuff I don't know. He also assumes that Owen is drunk, so he sees the telephone is indeed off the hook. Uh-huh. So he... It actually had been knocked over, right. so he picks it up, puts the the receiver back on the hook, and then leaves and locks the door behind him. Was it making that annoying eh, 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 noise the entire time? Probably he... not, because eventually that stops. Okay. Oh. But it might not have done that back in those days. Yeah. We really need to do some more 1930s phone research, I think, yeah. for this to I, really I, fully realize the okay. episode, Gary. So let's just go ahead and wrap it up and come back later. When you, mm-hmm. No? Okay. Depending on what article about the mystery in room 1046 you read, either less than an hour later or later that night, hmm. 
So either less than an hour or many hours later, a different telephone operator at the hotel, this time her name is Betty Cole, again notices that the telephone in room 1046 is off the hook. What the fuck? And it's not being used for a conversation. So Randy Probst is still in the hotel, so she sends him back up there. He sees there's still a do not disturb sign on the knob, and he knocks three times again. Nobody answers this time. So he unlocks the door with his pass key, and it is this time that Randy is faced with the very disturbing scene. Mm. Is he more naked? That becomes known as the mystery of room 1046. Mm. I'm glad we got to that because otherwise this is just a kind of a fucked up weekend from some guy in Kansas City. (laughs) Not very mysterious yet, huh? Not really, yeah. Okay. There's this guy's really kind of irritating weekend he had. Let me explain. Well, Randy goes into the dimly lit room and he sees Owen in there, down on his knees and elbows, holding his head in his hands like he's hurt. Ah. He's about two feet away from the door, so he's close to the door. Randy turns on the light and notices that Owen's barely conscious. He's very injured, and he's got blood on his head as he's turned on the lights, and he can see more clearly in the room. Mm -hmm. He notices that there's blood all over the place. There's blood on the bed, on the walls, in the bathroom. So does that imply, wait, the shadows on the bed, was that the first guy at 1130, the previous guy who came in, or is that this guy? Uh, that was the eleven thirty guy. That yeah. was Harold Pike. So that implies it was dark to me. So. I know it's dark, but the, to me that that implies that was blood on yes. the bed. Yeah. And, and so he's been injured for either an hour or eight hours. Yeah. Okay. Well, nobody saw him before. At eleven thirty, they did. Yes. And he, so, if there was already blood on the bed, what you think the shadows are? Then he was already injured by eleven thirty. Yes. Probably, probably well before that, since the probably by seven a.m. since yeah. the phone cut, knocked well, off in some kind of violent. Exactly. Yep. Kerfuffle. Mm-hmm. Kerfuffle is the word I was looking yep. for. Yeah. And then at 10 o'clock, remember, he wasn't yeah. responding. Yes, exactly. Or he was responding, but oddly. Yeah, he was responding oddly at 10, so he was already injured. That was but I'm the saying, traumatic, uh, traumatic, traumatic. Brain, brain injury? Yep. Gets no words. But 7 o'clock is implied by the uh, Correct. busy signal. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes. Hmm. So he's been hurt a long time at this point. Yes. He, he should have got help. There was even blood yeah. splattered on the ceiling Oof. of yeah. the room. I that was he a took t- a nap on the concussion. That was one of the worst Lionel Richie songs ever, by the way. It's called Blood mm-hmm. on the Ceiling. It was not, it was a B-side, but it was still. Wow. Blood on the Dance Floor's jazz <laughs> companion. <laughs> oh, what a feeling. I've got blood on the ceiling, I think was one of the lyrics Ooh. from Lionel Richie. Owen. You do it. Who I am taking very seriously, this poor man and his injuries that you guys are making light of, had a cord tied around his neck, wrists, and ankles. Wait, really? Yes. As if he had been tortured. Okay. Neck? Sure. What kind of cord? I don't know. Just a cord. Okay. So presumably he had that already when he was in bed at 11.30 and probably before that. After having been beaten and tortured, yep. but now he's able to get out of bed by, again, either twelve thirty or eight o'clock. It really annoys me. We don't know time. What time that was? I know. Yeah. I hate that. 
So Randy's horrified. He runs out the door, goes downstairs to get the assistant manager. Uh, I'm assuming it's a man. It's a, it is a man, Mr. M. S. Weaver. Okay, it's 1985. It's I a know. Man. It's MS, a white man. M. S. doesn't have for sure a white man. Doesn't have real words for names. Nope. Yeah, nope. They hurry back up to room 1046. And, you know, as they're going back up there, Randy's trying to explain to good old MS what what's up there. When they get there, they they try to open the door and they can't it won't open more than a few inches because uh, Owen has now collapsed. Yeah. He's lying up against the door. They immediately call for the authorities. Makes sense. I'm glad they did. I'm glad mm-hmm. someone's got to get some help for this man. <laughs> Dr. Harold F. Flanders sure. arrives shortly Fuck after. Yeah. And I don't know why they waited for the doctor do, to do this, but they cut the cord from around <laughs> Owen's wrist. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? His hands are blue, but you know what? Just <laughs> We'll ask the doctor if it's okay. And a detective, Ira Johnson, comes up also, try to figure out what happened. The detective asked Owen because police detective or hotel detective. You know, I'm not sure. It didn't. It didn't specify. I guess we would be hotel detective. Okay, asked Owen who had been in the room, and Owen responded, "Nobody. I fell against the bathtub <laughs> after after tying my wrist and ankles." Yes. Wow. Doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. No. Doctor Flanders. Here, here are from Doctor Flanders' notes of Owen's injuries. His neck had severe bruising from being strangled. Wow. His head had been repeatedly struck with some sort of weapon. (laughs) He had knife wounds on his chest. Jesus. So he had been stabbed, one of which punctured a lung. Wow. The doctor also estimated that the beating had taken place probably about seven hours before he was found. Okay. Because most of the blood on... both Owen and splattered around the room was mostly dried. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go with that that last occasion where they found him like that was not that long after 11.30, so it probably was more like an hour because seven hours, we put that back at 5.30, and we know, which is much closer to 7 a.m. Yeah. than if it was 7 o'clock, and that would put that at noon. We know it had, had happened hours before that. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. that solves that, I think. So yes. sometime before, probably before 7 a.m. or right around then, he was being yeah. beaten and tortured. Yep. No, he fell into the bathtub. Oh, yeah. sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. He was cleaning a knife <laughs> when he, in the bathtub when he fell. And Hit his head several times and also and then decided then to strangle tie himself, himself up. Yeah. Exactly. Was in Maybe that's why he fell. Oh, oh auto-ironic right. asphyxiation exactly. much? Yes. done doing some of that. Mm-hmm. Was like, oh yeah, I got that knife. I got to clean. Yep. Now's a great time to do it. In the Perfect bathtub. time. Won't bother to untie myself first. Well, and then the cord yes, got caught. Because he's fucked up. When he fell, so it strangled him. Mm-hmm. But he's able to... So oh, this maybe he was going to use the knife to cut it, the cord. So. Oh, good one. Good one. He fell on the knife like several it. times. Yeah. Okay. Well, they rushed him to the hospital. Nice of them. However, he died just <gasps> after midnight. So it was technically January 5th. Mm-hmm. Detectives examined room 1046, and they were able to immediately rule out suicide hmm. because good detective. A, he was tied up, yeah. and B, there was no weapon <laughs> in the room. Well, he threw the weapon knife out the window with his teeth, is what I'm assuming. 
He swallowed it. Swallowed it. It's a knife swallow. It's a knife swallow. Okay, you guys. There were other things that were not in the room that should have been. No clothes. Hmm. None of his his clothes were in the room. Was he naked when all that stuff was going on? And the hands and knees and shit? Oh, God. I would not have turned on the light. Just booty out the Absolutely. whole time. Absolutely. Pull out. Nice. Everyone else is in like their little waistcoat and bowler hats and he's got his like dick he out. He is. It's a great visual. Dick's out badly injured. Mm-hmm. Again. Dick's on out his, dent in his skull. On his hands and knees. Nice. Not a good look. Blood everywhere. As I said, all of his clothes were gone. Yeah. But We're more disturbed with his nakedness I know, than his, his predicament. No knife. He couldn't no even clothes. get clothed if he wanted to. That's the thing. Yeah. Sad. But oh, he needed this. He didn't even have a towel because she wasn't oh, allowed to bring towels in. This is down. terrible. That's right. But there was a a label from a necktie, hmm. just the label, not the tie, and it was from Botany Worsted Mills Company of Passaic, New Jersey. Passaic, New Jersey. As well as no clothes in the room, there were none of the hotel supplied toiletries were in the room either. So we're going to beat the shit out of you. We're going to take your clothes, and we're going to take your shampoo. And soap. They and haven't invented conditioner yet, so we're not going to take that. No. Nope. And we're going to take your soap. We're going to take your nail file. We're going to take your spare razor. I don't know what else they have back then. Yeah, I don't we're know We're going to take your um, aloe vera lotion. We're going to take your scope. <laughs> I mean, they just cleaned him out. But they did cross. find mm-hmm. a few items that were odd. A hairpin. Hmm. A safety pin. An Hair. unlit cigarette and a new bottle of dilute sulfuric acid. What? Okay, explain. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I did look it up. It's you said no, I won't. What do you use dilute sulfuric acid for? I don't well, I mean, know. I looked it up and didn't. I mean, it's it's. I use used it for in, my chemistry experiments. Exactly. What do you guys use it for? <laughs> it's used for chemicals. I mean, it corrodes metal and all that. Kind my of guess that, is so. torture. Ooh. Yeah, but. But did he yeah, have okay. any signs? But they thought to take his I know. clothes and, and, his, not, and forgot and, the acid yeah. that they tortured him with that they brought themselves there. Um, it didn't uh, from Doctor Flanders' list of his injuries. It didn't sound like there were any chemical burns or anything like that. So hmm. they didn't get to that. Part yeah, maybe yet. not. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, in the bathroom there were also two water glasses. One had been partly broken and it was in the sink, and then the other one was on the shelf. Telephone stand had four fingerprints on it, which the detectives believed were from a woman because they were small. Makes <laughs> nice. Sense. Solid detective work. But that's all they know about that. They contacted the LAPD because Owen claimed he was from Los Angeles, but LAPD didn't have any record of a Roland T. Owen. And so they quickly decided he must have just made that name up. That wasn't his real name. Or he wasn't from Los Angeles. Or he was, and they just don't have every Roland T. Owen in the massive city of Los Angeles at their fingertips. True. All those things can be true. Yeah, I don't know. But supposedly they couldn't find a record of a Roland T. Owens anywhere. Okay. Hmm. Which... Wait, every how, how would you do like, that? No, I know I read that in one article that I didn't even put in my notes because it sounded that's too stupid. That's not let's true. Let's try Wichita. Okay, yeah. let's try. Let's go. Okay, get, let me get the white pages. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take I mean, seven yeah. years. There's no way in 1935 no. you could check everywhere. Absolutely not. So that that's just a hyperbole. Yep. So all I knew for sure was that they had called Los Angeles. Okay. So 
the police talked to all the workers at the hotel president who, you know, had any kind of contact with Owen, and they found out about Dawn. Mm-hmm. Because remember Mary the Maid? I do saw the note from Don and also heard him talking to Don on the phone. So they tried to figure out who Don was, never able to. They checked every Don in every city of the country. (laughs) (laughs) Did not find him. Well, they wondered. Are you the Don who was talking to Rolantio in Kansas City? No. Do the next one. Yeah. But our Don was a woman. D A W N case solved. No, because she saw it on a note. Where he had written the word Don. Yeah. But he misspelled D-O-N. it thinking she spelled her name D-O-N. Case off. Okay. They also questioned Jean Owen. But, I, I, I mean, like, maybe she was a suspect. I don't know. But. Well, makes sense. Her boyfriend corroborated her story that, you know, it was a last minute thing because she was sick and she blah, was blah, blah. 20 miles away officer she obviously couldn't make it exactly. home oh that's a good point good point <laughs> so they You're released her okay they published a sketch of him in excuse mm. me <clears throat> carrie's just Got a little choked up there puberty is hitting her hitting up. her pretty hard <laughs> they published a sketch of him in the newspaper to see if anybody could identify him they didn't get hmm. anything. The families of missing people were sending in photos of their missing loved ones to Kansas City to see if it could be their person, but none of them matched. That would suck. Your missing brother had a he just went on a huge meth binge. Their <laughs> sex worker involved, and now he's dead. Uh, yeah, that's there him. That go. sounds like him. Yeah, Did he have a scar? That's Timmy. You know, be a rough way to find out, but hey, closure. Yep. Got you. Nope. Multiple bartenders in Kansas City also stated that Owen was a man that they had seen in their bars in the company of different women. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Were any of them commercial women? I don't know. The bartenders did not specify. Following Sunday, Owen's body was viewed by dozens of people at the Melody McGilly Funeral Home. Okay. It's a great name. Yep. So they had a viewing so that people could come look at him and, and see dozens if, of people. if they knew him. It's not quite the, the show up they were hoping for. But. Nope. Although one visitor, a man named Robert Lane, he was a Kansas City Water Department worker. He recognized Owen. On January 3rd, the day after he checked hmm. into the hotel president, he was driving down 13th Street in Kansas City. Roland was. Or, oh, the, the worker. The, the worker. Uh, okay. Robert Lane was his name. He noticed a man wearing only trousers. Aaron, trousers. Oh, let's fucking go. Good. Good. Shoes and an undershirt. Mm. Quickly walking down the street. And it's January, so it's very cold. And he also notices that the man has a deep cut. And he's cupping his hand as if, like, trying to hide a, a more serious injury. Huh. He yells it at Robert Lane, and so Robert Lane stops the car. Okay. <laughs> well, the, a bloody, half-dressed, disheveled guy yells at me, I'm going to stop the car and pull over and see what he needs. He needs yeah. a taxi. He thinks okay. he's a taxi. Oh, okay. And he says, I'm not a taxi. But I'll and, drive you somewhere. You got 20 bucks? Well, he asks him, would you drive me to the nearest taxi stop? I guess taxi stops are things in Kansas City in cool. 1935. There were taxi stops in 
tiny villages in 1935. There were taxis stopped. I, I'm not, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> right. I try to bluff my way through that, but uh-huh. I don't know. I've heard of taxi stops. They still have taxi stops at airports. <laughs> yeah. So, so Robert Lane is a nice man, so he does. He gives him a ride to a taxi stop, and while he's in his car, he, he you know, mentions to him, like, hey, fella, looks like you... Yeah. You know, been in a fight or something like that. It basically looks like he'd been in a brawl. Yeah. And the man mutters something like, I'll kill that bleep bleep tomorrow. Beach. The newspapers at the time would not publish whatever expletive (laughs) the man said. So who knows what he said? Motherfucker. I'm going to say. I'm going to say motherfucker too. I'm going to say not. Did they say those words? I don't know if white people in 1985. Who weren't like street hood said that. I don't know. Maybe. Son of a bitch. Would that be too strong to post in the Probably. Newspaper? Well, so anyway, Robert Lane drove him to 12th, to 12th Street to the taxi stand. He hopped out of the car, thanked him for the ride, and quickly got in a taxi. Hmm. And that was the last he'd seen of him. And that was on the third. So that was the second day he was there. Mm-hmm. So he was already getting beaten up and injured <laughs> then, but not yet yeah. tortured and killed. So he's already dealing with whoever he's dealing with that has bad things in mind for him. Mm. And he'd lost his shirt because he was only in an undershirt. That's right. So he's never going to get... And a coat. He He didn't have a coat. So he never has his shirt or coat again the rest of his life. Possibly. Yeah. You can't catch a break. (laughs) I know. So so that means... I'm trying to remember now. Back on on the 4th, he was found... So he... Yeah. um, Naked. So he, yeah, so presumably he never had his fully, he was never fully clubbed again for yeah. the next couple of days. They said, you get this back, Jesus. you pay me back, and then they killed him. Yeah, and then they took the rest of his clothes. Yeah. I think he owes somebody money. Guy, yeah. Good deal gone bad. Deep. Good deal gone bad. Drug deal gone bad. <laughs> Drug deal. <laughs> Detective Johnson didn't necessarily believe that Owen was the man that Robert Lane gave a ride to. Hmm. So Robert Lane thought he was... You know, and he saw his body at the yeah. funeral home. It so. seems to fit. And he was certain. Yeah. Robert Lane was certain that that was the man he had given the ride to. So. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. I don't know why Detective Johnson would doubt it. It's a dick. So, yeah. over the next few days, a lot of people called into the Kansas City Police to see if Owen was their missing loved one, in addition to all the people that were sending him pictures. A man named Ernest Johnson called, claiming Owen was his cousin, Harvey, from Dallas. Uh, But then when Ernest's sister came to see Owen's body, she informed her brother that Harvey had died five years before. (laughs) Why would you even bother? By the way, free trip to Kansas City. and uh, Oh, but he's been dead for five years, so that's not him. Apparently, Ernest had no idea his his cousin Harvey had died. But he was also shocked at how much Owen looked like him. And how he wasn't that decomposed for being five years dead at all. <laughs> Tony Bernardi, a wrestling promoter from Little Rock, Arkansas, claimed that Owen had approached him a few weeks earlier, introducing himself as Cecil Warner and claiming to have been a wrestler for, I guess, another wrestling promoter named Charles Locke. Cecil Warner, or Owen, if that was him, he wanted Tony Bernardi to sign him up for some wrestling matches. And Bernardi contacted Charles Locke, who, you know, this man said he had wrestled for before, 
and he didn't re- he didn't recognize him. Huh. So that could easily be phony. I mean, that's weeks ago. That could be easily be a mistaken identity. Well, so the police followed up with Charles Locke and showed him a picture, probably, of Owen, and he didn't recognize him. Hmm. Or so. actually, well, I guess a picture of his corpse. Yeah. Right? Okay. So assuming that means Tony Bernardi is, you know, oh, it sure. wasn't Owen who approached okay. him. Yeah. So they also found out that Owen had used different aliases at the Mulebach Hotel. He was Owen T. Rowland. He's mm-hmm. clever. No. Mm-hmm. Remember, he told everybody at the hotel president that yeah. he had stayed at the Mulebach Hotel yeah. the day before. There was a man who looked like him, who registered for one night, January 1st, at the Mulebach, but he registered under the name of Eugene K. Scott. Did he have luggage? I don't know. Because hmm. hmm. that explains something. If the Mulebach yeah. still had his luggage, I mean, otherwise... Oh, that's true. Well... You could have forgotten it there or left in a huff. Yeah, that's a really <laughs> good question. But at the yeah. Mulebach... That's why I'm here, Karen. Eugene K. Too bad I don't have an answer no, for you. Sad. But Eugene K. Scott... Also, when he registered, said he was from Los Angeles. Hmm. Hmm. Also asked for an interior room on an upper floor. That's weird, the interior upper floor. Is there any kind of a thing that you know if that's a sound or a, like those are the quietest rooms or some kind of a rational reason for that? I don't know. That makes me just think like upper floor makes me think like someone can't get in through the first floor, but I don't True. know about... Yeah, yeah maybe... In, that well, just yeah. makes me think he, he's paranoid because yeah. interior room, someone can't get in through the windows. Upper yeah. floor, again, someone can get in... Well, they can't get to you from the street. Yeah, they can't get you But it all still could be you don't like street noise. Yeah. True. Yeah. Coming from a paranoid perspective, yes. safest room. Yeah. <laughs> Coming from a someone who likes a noise or peace and quiet That's perspective. Me. So I think That's more the most like, quiet room. Sounds like a quiet room. Yeah. So it could be either. Yeah. We don't know. We yeah. never will. Well, on March 3rd, an article was published in the newspaper announcing that Owen, if that was really his name, was going to be buried in a potter's field the next day because nobody had come forward claiming his body. Do you have any idea how national or how much did they did other newspapers pick up this missing person? In other words, did anybody outside of the greater Kansas City area have any way that they would have... I mean, you said Little Rock and things like that. Were yeah. they nationally publishing his photo in lots of papers? Or Which kind of makes me think they did. They, they must, must have. have. In they Texas yeah. and For Arkansas. missing people from L.A.? Probably. Well, they called, yeah. they, they 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 called the police and, and had them check the white pages. But and they know. only looked for that one name. Yeah. I don't know how smart they are. Yeah, but I imagine they probably did. Probably. Hopefully. Because of, you know... Although Ira Johnson, an interesting we've story. established, was kind of a dick, and maybe he just didn't take it very seriously. Didn't care. Well, I think they cared. Okay. Well, but so after they published the article saying he was going to be buried, they got a call from a man asking them to please not bury him yet. He claimed to be Owen's potential brother-in-law. Don't know what that means. Meaning that Owen's sister was engaged to be married to this guy. Boom. Or you're or trying. You're thinking of something. His here. wife was potentially Owen's sister. Go. Something like or that. Or maybe his fiance. Fiance. Since it was potential. Wait, whose wife? Roland's wife? No, the caller. The caller. The anonymous caller. He knew him, but not by blood. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. He would be the, his brother in law if his wife 
was Owen's sister. Yes. Okay. Okay. And Got he it. and he he did confirm that Owen was his name. His okay. So he mentioned that he had gotten into some difficulties, and that investigators were on the wrong track. Hmm. How do you know what track investigators I were on? Do not know. He's not a wrestler. So, like he promised, on March 31st, this anonymous person did indeed send the funeral home enough money so that they could arrange for a proper burial and funeral. Hmm. But they didn't come. Nope. So he he did have a funeral, and he was buried in Memorial Park Cemetery in Kansas City, but the only people who attended his funeral were detectives. And this guy did not give his name. Correct. Hmm, that's suspicious. This person also sent money specifically to buy flowers, which were to be placed on his grave with a card that read, Love you forever, Louise. Louise. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with Louise being Roland's sister, and this dude is going to marry Louise. That makes him the almost brother-in-law. It's my theory. Carrie's going to go with Louise is Roland's Wife's sister. I'm confused now. I don't do family trees well. You don't. It's not my thing. I also get confused. They're very confusing to me. What really basically just parents and children is after after that. that. (laughs) I'm guessing. Like you say, like the cousin fifth removed. I don't even. I don't even know that's a thing. I I have. I have to look at charts for that one. Even a chart would not help me. That's what I'm saying. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Well, they're confusing. Okay, so in 1930... I believe sorcery. Okay. That was 1935. Okay. 1936, so about a year later, a woman reads about the mystery of room 1046 in a newspaper. Hmm. She recognized... that They have the sketch of okay. Owen in the paper. She recognizes him as her friend's son who had left Birmingham, Alabama in hmm. 1934. Her friend is Ruby Ogletree. Ooh. Great name. She that is a great name. There, there are, except for Ira Johnson, the dickish detective, there's a lot of really, yeah, as, as usual, a lot of great names. People yeah. had cool names back then. Know, yeah, the they did. Huh, damn it. Well, when Ruby is shown the picture of Owen, she realizes that is indeed her son, and she had been afraid that he had been dead, and apparently her fears were true. Yes. She contacted the Kansas City police, told them, her son's name was Artemis Ogletree. Artemis Amazing. Ogletree. <sighs> they just get good. better. They ju- that should be a book title. I love that. Artemis Ogletree. Get this? Mm-hmm. Artemis was only 17 years old. What? Okay, well, that's not get really down, get down. fit. She said he had a scar on, a si- on the side of his head and that it had been from a grease burn as a child, mm. which could also have caused the cauliflower ear. Yes, but a 17... 17- not one witness who has commented on him looking yeah. oddly young. 17-year-olds yeah. just don't walk into hotels and get a room, and no one says, uh, kid, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, but he'd been away from home for a, a year Still or 17. so. So he was, okay. Did he have a full beard? Yeah. I'll tell you, I've seen many a high school picture of young men from back in the olden days and their haircuts and their clothing and... <laughs> They looked like they. We saw. I saw pictures from yearbook pictures online where 
was this the kid or was this the vice principal? Because you can't, you couldn't tell. He Hopefully. put on little glasses and he said, and he grew a full beard. Hopefully no one's asking at home why Carrie is looking at high school boy pictures from uh, history, but let's just go move on. It makes Carrie uncomfortable. Go ahead. Ancestry.com. Oh, yeah. Sure. She sure. will fucking answer. You have, I have access to <laughs> all kinds of old-timey yearbook photos. That sounded like a threat. It did. <laughs> So Artemis Ogletree uh, is 17 year old, going on 35. Should I publish it on the Weird World that Instagram page? Like now. <laughs> now that, that is literally a threat, actually. I published mine, my senior picture. Yeah, but you didn't look that goofy. I mean, like, goofy, but not as goofy as I did. <laughs> I was okay, where ridiculous. Were we? Artemis I look like oh, Artemis Ogletree. I look. I, my picture. It looks like the joint is just out of frame. <laughs> you, just yeah. you know, you see the smoke wafting to the side of my face. Okay. It's amazing what they let fly back then. <laughs> yep. You would not have been able to be mistaken for the assistant principal. No, I did not look seventeen. <laughs> like fourteen when I was seventeen. Okay, so she confirmed he was only seventeen. Seventeen. And that he had a grease burn as a child, so okay. he didn't have a scar on his head on the side of his head, and I'm assuming that could also have corroborated the cauliflower ear. Okay. Don't look up cauliflower ear and uh, look at pictures. I know what they are. Yeah. They're nasty. So it's come with boxers. One. I'm telling it to yeah. our listeners. She oh. has it from jujitsu. It's nasty. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. not good. Hmm. I mean. Sorry. <laughs> there's variations. It's, you know, there's more minor cases of cauliflower ear, but yeah. still. Okay. The sun looked like, looked like your ear imploded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she told police that Artemis had left home in 1934, mm-hmm. and the only contact that she'd had from him... When he was 16. Uh-huh. Okay. But she hadn't had contact until late 1935, wait, when he wait. would have been dead already. Yeah. okay. But those letters were all typed. Okay. And she was suspicious of those letters because she knew her son Artemis did not know how to use a typewriter. Hmm. My son's kind of an idiot. So. <laughs> yes, he, can, he can't identify letters on, on a machine and hit them. Hmm. Well, in he's, one of these letters... He has a, I mean, have you noticed the cauliflower ear? He's hmm. not the brain. <laughs> straight to the brain. Hmm. One of these letters, Artemis was supposedly in Chicago attending business school. Okay. I love it. And another one, he was sailing from New York to Europe. Wharton. I mean, if, if Donald Trump can get into Wharton, Artemis Ogletree can get into Wharton six times mm-hmm. over. So it was Wharton. Well, was and... Wharton. He was going to Europe. He was going to Wharton. What else was he doing? ITT Tech. He was going to Europe and he was in Chicago going to business school. Okay. Is Wharton in Chicago? No. Okay. <laughs> I was joking. You're just making stuff up. <sighs> Well, she also received an odd phone call one day from a man named Jordan, mm-hmm. who claimed to be a friend of her son Artemis's. He said Artemis had saved his life and was now in Cairo, Egypt, with his rich wife. <laughs> okay, well, that's fuck? just, just a with flat her. lie. He also claimed that Artemis had lost his thumb in a fight and was unable to use a typewriter. Okay. So. He only has nine fingers, ma'am. There's See, no way he could type to you. That's why he can't use a typewriter. Yes. Not because he is illiterate. Or dead. Or dead. Wow, that's just the, so. That's clearly the murderer, yeah. Jordan. I mean, or is just fun. is this before? Or, is it is that before she identified 
to the police in 1936 that this person was her I son? think so, yes. So then that, okay, so it's not like why, she, her connection to it has no publicity. So the Jordan would have had to have been someone who knew the case because otherwise yeah. why contact her in yeah. relation to this missing unknown person? So that's the killer. Jordan and, is the killer. And or she, knew he was killed. Yeah. I mean, the letters that she had received could have come from Jordan and he was oh, just for sure. weird. He's going, well, shit, well, he I typed them, didn't I? So I've got to give her a reason why he can't type. I know. Mm-hmm. He lost his thumb. But he typed the Perfect. letters. Yeah. So why would he then tell her that he couldn't type? Oh, because since then, he lost his thumb. So don't expect any more type letters because oh, I am okay. so done with this whole mur- gotcha. fraud and, and murder. So I want to. I want you not to expect any more letters. And yeah. he didn't want Ruby to worry about him because he was in Cairo with his new rich yeah, wife. So it'd be fine. Mm-hmm. So don't go looking for him. Yep. Don't go chasing waterfalls, and you're not going to hear from him again because he has no thumb. Well, they also found out that there was another hotel where he had stayed hmm. in Kansas City, the St. Regis. What I read said Artemis Ogletree stayed there. Hmm. So I don't know if they're now using Artemis Ogletree interchangeably with Roland Owen. Sounds like it. Or if he checked in as Artemis Ogletree. But the St. Regis has... Is it true to say that the St. Regis had a record of an Artemis Ogletree staying there in 1935 at the same time or around the same time? I don't know. Like I just said, I don't know if they're conflating the two names. Well, no, no, that's, that's that's not the right answer for that. Did, yes or no? Is there an was an Artemis Ogletree checked into the Saint Regis? So they don't know. Are you asking me this? Like yes. I know the answer because I've well, already stated I don't. Wait, you just said she doesn't know if they if if he checked in using oh. Roland and they're just assuming. Oh, well, oh that Roland is Artemis. Well, yeah, but I mean these articles aren't written by award winning Pulitzer okay. Prize winning journalists. That'd be yeah. a very clumsy, stupid way to say that. Yeah. Because it implies that someone named Artemis Ogletree checked into the yes. St. Regis Hotel, in which case that could be a separate person, and a crazy coincidence, or Roland T. Owen was not right. using his pseudonyms yet. He used his real name mm-hmm. for the St. Regis. Yeah. But we'll never know. We will never know. Because people are we super incompetent. Yeah, okay. But terrible. whoever stayed at the St. Regis Hotel stayed there with another man. <gasps> I knew it. It's always the gayness that is the Don, reason for it. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Don, who wanted to feed him breakfast. Ooh. That Don. <laughs> yes. Who really puppets. wanted to have cronuts with him. And didn't want any fresh towels delivered no to the room. Fresh, fresh towels. Well, they never did find Don, whoever Don was, or they never did figure out who Louise was, who was going to love him forever. Yeah. Well, sister. No, be. because the Louise, presumably, by this time, Ruby Ogletree would, could say yes or no. She had a daughter named Ruby. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, a daughter named mm-hmm. Louise. So we have to assume that Louise is not that, Correct. any relation to Ruby Ogletree. Yeah. So yeah. girlfriend or something like that in his travels since he had left home. Possibly. Okay. Maybe the rich wife from Cairo. Yeah. Cairo. <laughs> okay. So if he really was Artemis Ogletree, we, you know, doesn't really answer a lot of questions. Why yeah. was he going around using different names? Yeah. Well, that implies on the run from someone, but then he's, he's meeting people in Kansas City and having violent interactions with these people in Kansas City until, yeah. until it got to the point where they tied his ass up and tortured yeah. him and beat him to death. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So and he got in with some bad peoples, but he clearly, again, he's not, he's interacting with them. Yeah. Huh. Maybe they were people he was involved with 
and they had all done someone, you know, wrong who was more powerful, who was scary. I don't know. Yeah. And he's going to talk. Yeah, and, and uh, maybe he's going to talk, or maybe he was going yeah. to not. He w- maybe he wasn't telling them something that they needed to know about that bad deal or something like yeah. that. Or hmm, and there's but both also, a man and a woman involved. Who paid for the funeral? Yes. Mm. Well, that would be my guess. Honestly, the people who killed him. Why? Because uh, let him be buried in a potter's. Uh, the carry, there's field. love there. There's love there. <laughs> yeah, there's love. They still. They didn't. Maybe they didn't mean to kill him. Oopsie. I mean, scare him with knives and and I cords. I mean, yeah, he did die acid. later on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe they're like, fuck. Oops. We're I think he was clearly left for dead. Maybe. There was blood splattered all over the hotel room, you guys. Maybe they knew about it. So, so that's, the, that's, the, that's the aggravating thing about this story is that we don't really have any clue what got him to this predicament. Uh-uh. But yeah. it was some kind of a bad relationship, probably something criminal. And the people he was interacting with were... I mean, it seems like if those were the people that were the main primary people he was afraid of, he wouldn't have been interacting with them. Yeah. He wouldn't have been going to meet them and answering phones and staying there. Once he knows Don is in town and Don's going to kill him, he's the hell out of there. So he didn't expect Don to kill him. Or Don and the woman he was fighting with, if indeed that was his voice, that was, remember when the the neighbor in 1046 heard the voices, he's, uh, you know, that wasn't the people who killed him. The bad guys came and killed him. Maybe yeah. Don and, and the woman gave him up. Or yeah. maybe the, the bad guys found him independently of Don and that woman and yeah. and they brought the acid. I think, and Louise. Know. Now Louise feels bad because, well, uh-oh, so she paid for his funeral because she is the reason the bad guys came and killed She could have been that or she could have been, yeah, that's possible. Or she could have been like just a, a girlfriend in his travel. She found out he was dead. She 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 knows what happened to him. She knows yeah. who killed him because she was a part of that world. And so she sent yeah. her condolences. Etc. Yeah. and and some associates at money. Well, in 1937, <gasps> the detectives noticed that there was a similar death <gasps> that took place in New York. Well, that's weird. They looked into it, but they really couldn't find any link between the two crimes or the two victims. Huh. And so, other than the tie with the Passaic, New Jersey. Tag, yeah, it doesn't doesn't say what you know. What about the two deaths were similar? Yeah. Two yeah. guys died in hotels, naked, with their hands and knees and blocking the door. You Let's know, look into it. Were all the, his clothes taken away? Yeah. Or did they find sulfuric? You know what I mean? Was his It doesn't say what the details the were, but... Hmm. Then in 2003... What? Yeah. Somebody got in touch with a librarian by the name of John Horner at the Kansas City Public Library by telephone. He called, Ooh. did not identify himself, but did say that he was calling from somewhere not in Missouri and that he knew somebody who had recently passed away. And while he was going through this person's belongings, he discovered a box full of old newspaper clippings all about the murder of Roland T. Owen. Is a friend of his had these clippings? Somebody he knew. Okay. And... Along with all the newspaper clippings in the box, there was something that the newspaper reports had mentioned, mm. but he did not say what that was. Well, that's not super helpful. Yeah, what the fuck? Could have been an item of clothing. Ooh. The tie. 
Was it his... That the label had been cut off? His toothbrush and his toothpaste? (laughs) Yeah. Wait, uh, say that again. He found... In the box full of newspaper clippings, there was also an item. An actual physical item. A physical item. Okay, so like... That was mentioned in the articles. Interesting. Interesting. But he did not say what it was. Interesting if this wasn't an early internet troll, which it almost Mm -hmm. certainly was. So who knows? Because this, this story has, I've, I've, I've heard this story since at least the 90s. Yes. Or if, maybe earlier. So it's been around. But that was it. He didn't, he didn't identify himself. He didn't yeah, identify the deceased uh, person. He didn't, cool. you know, that was it. That's, so what are you going to do? Okay, send yeah, me the box. I mean, helpful. When you're that not helpful. Who's the dead man? There's no reason for you to have called. If you wanted to be helpful, you, if you wanted to be helpful and you call, you'd be yeah. actual helpful. Yeah. So that's the thing. Well, that's if... I mean, obviously, this call happened. If it was yeah, a real sure happened, situation, clearly he is uh, suspecting his deceased friend or acquaintance or whatever mm-hmm. of being the murderer, yeah. right? So, yeah, I'm sure. But so he could have just gotten cold feet. I don't want to. I don't want to out this guy or, he or just, whatever. He Especially, I mean, what if it's his father? Because right. there's a cottage industry of people writing books that their parents were murderers. Yeah. It's a subgenre. But not everybody wants to to do yeah, that. If they were a normal human being, yeah. they, be they would just do more than it. happy to write that book. Well, if I found out, I wouldn't. <laughs> if your mom was a murderer, I would write that book for you. That would be well, phenomenal. Cash money still alive. on Dr. Phil. Yeah, well, so that makes it even better. But if I found Let's just write a book saying your mom's a murderer. <laughs> it doesn't have to be true. Yeah. None of these books are. People would love that. Killer Who would believe that? Killer well, granny, well yeah. attach your mother to some famous serial killing. <laughs> we okay. Fun fact: We literally live in a city with a famous serial killer. That was a sweet old woman. Boom, True. Gary. Yeah. Your mom was the real Dorothy. Dorothy. Dorothy Puente. I think it was. Puente. Yes. Puente. Yeah. So yeah. Dorothea. My she, mom, my mom. Where could my mom have lady, buried anybody? The in? lady who did my my first tattoo lived in that house. Really? really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a lucky yeah. woman. Well, well, not during. That she's yeah, but yeah. she's live. So it's fixed up. It's cute now. So yeah, Dor- it's cute now. so Dor- so we don't know. Correct. It's an it's a weird mystery, but yeah, I, yeah. That's why I, I mean I I kind of wish we knew a little bit more about what got him there and what he was yeah doing. But he disappeared because it's a mystery because we just we don't know who he was at all. There's. And it's annoying because doesn't some, don't some of these articles kind of just say, oh, he was Artemis Ogletree, case closed. That's, that's not actually a, yeah. a certainty. Again, Artemis was 17 years old. Yeah. He had a scar. It's not for sure he really was Artemis Ogletree. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And did his mom ever actually go and look at his body? Yeah. I mean, you think. It doesn't sound like it. Yeah. So I wonder if they have... Did they, his comb was gone, right? And his toothbrush were uh-huh. gone? Oh. Everything that he brought. He had a brush. You know why? Hairbrush. The killers were from the future, and, and they knew one day that would be DNA traceable, and they had to make sure that DNA was gone. The killers, there was future murderers. Or, oh my God, maybe he was from the future. He, had, he was escaping them by going into the yeah. past in 1935, Kansas City. It's done. Ooh. And he... Um, they found him. Don and the woman were like friends of his. They said, you know, you need to come back. Otherwise, the time police are going to come here and kill you. And the time police <laughs> came there and killed him. Time police came and they bashed his fucking head in. This is a pretty good... I know. Actually, this is... This is you actually, this is... I need to go on Reddit right now. Mm-hmm. You know me. Anything time travel related, I'm on it. Yes. I like that. Yes, Carrie likes that time I'll travel. I'll go with that I'll one. i to it. Okay. I mean, it's as possible. So that's, that's what's confusing. It may have been Artemis Ogletree. It probably was Artemis Ogletree, but... 
it not for sure was autonomous uncle tree. No. So if you're writing that, it's for sure stop doing that. You're annoying. And also, if it, it, the mystery of what he was there and and what he was doing, I, that's we'll never know. Yeah. And the, and the 2003 thing was complete bullshit. Yeah. Well, yeah. and and did anybody ask Mary and Randy and Harold Pike? Did he look like he could be 17? Yeah. Or you know. You mean old seventeen? Because you could, you say like, yeah. Well, you know yeah. what? Maybe the, you know, could have yeah. just been. So the bare bones is some dude we don't know used an alias, was having some troublesome people he was dealing with in Kansas City, and either they or someone connected with that trouble killed him. Yeah. And we and and because they're not telling, we don't know who he was, for sure or why he was killed. Yeah. Yep. And probably never will. Nope. Hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of little twist. A lot of twist to this story. A lot of unanswered. But yeah. it's so many unanswered questions. It almost makes it a little bit, you know, frustrating. It's very frustrating. Yeah. We should go back in time. See, if I could go back in time, all these boring ass people would just, you know, go and like watch sports and do dumb shit like that. <laughs> and bet on the World Series when I go back to my list of World Series winners, my list of. Do you carry horse, a list all the time? I, I'm going to start it, doing that just in case I'm sent tattoo. back in time. Oh, that'd be a good tattoo. What was like your list of World Series winners? Yes. So when you just stumble into time travel, because that is a possibility, it could happen. Yeah. You you got to you hope you need hope to stay alive. Yeah. And you got you you might not have your list of World Series winners on you, so you got to have it tattooed on you. So when you stumble into your time travel opportunity, yes, you can go back in time and make that money. And then, and then you didn't want people to see your tattoo because you don't know if it's going back to a time where tattoos were not popular. So okay. you had it tattooed on your butt, but you happened to have written it not backwards, so you can't read it. It's very, very frustrating. So, so you, you have to hire someone to read the tattoos your off your ass to <laughs> yes. tell you who won the World Series. And then you got to split the money 50 50. Mm-hmm. Sucks, but you Does suck. Do it. So, Time Traveler. That sounds like a great movie. Thank you. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> time Travel Butt. Time to <laughs> um, time, but so so shots that, in the dark. Uh, uh, time police killed him. Yeah, I like that one. Okay, Aaron, your I shit. like to think he was in the gay mafia. Okay, and so that was Don was his husband. Oh, and yeah. Louise is his hag, and <laughs> so get all, he's all tied up, and you know I don't know what underground business. There maybe the un, ooh, maybe they're popper smugglers. Popper smugglers and in 1935. So, he got all tied up in it, and you know he I don't know maybe he he didn't, he didn't move the product right. He got yeah. caught. Or he stole some product. Up. He stole some product. Skimming. I don't know how it works. I'm not in the underground proper business. And then so he got he got got at some point, and his yeah. hag felt bad, so she paid for his funeral. Yep. yep. Yeah. And like he it. was Artemis like Ovaltine the whole time. Okay, I say time police. You say popper, tree. <laughs> popper like smuggling. Ovaltine. I've been saying Ovaltine this whole time. <laughs> I think it is. Let's go ahead and just change his name to Artemis Ovaltine. Yeah. Katie, what's yours? I like the time travel yeah, one. Time, so yeah. we've had two time travels and one gay mafia poppers related death. Okay. Yep. Sounds good. I think I like we solved it. it. He was I one of the have... four poppers related deaths <laughs> in 1985. In Kansas City alone. <laughs> yeah. It was uh, quite the time. Well, thank you, Carrie, Welcome for bringing us that mystery, that extra mysterious mystery, as a matter of fact. Yep. Ooh. Tell them where they can find us. Weird World Podcast at gmail.com and on Instagram and on uh, Patreon and on Facebook. And that's all. By the way, if you, if you wrote me on Gmail and I didn't answer for a very long time because I never look at my Gmail. <laughs> I've, had, I've had some listeners write me on Gmail. It's like a month ago. I go, oh, shit. My bad. 
so we're in a pandemic. Everyone gets a little grace period. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yep. Until next time, keep it mysterious. Keep it weird. I don't thanks know. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Ooh. Hmm.